I've got the boys together. Jonas. So do what? Spank the bastards. Warning. Hang with the boys contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended or you're a superhero, do not continue to listen. Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Hang with the Boys, where we're talking about the much beloved, the much grotesque, the much... Uh, offensive in many circles Amazon TV show The Boys headed by our personal favorite Eric Kripke I'm your host Thomas Cowley joined with me I've got Ryan Denton yo Michael Flores hello I think I'm gonna rename this show The Boys to you know The Boys Fucking Octopuses is that is that I think that's it might be I think that's I'm gonna float a note via DM to Kripke float a note Mm -hmm. wow and we've also got A.V. with us today. Hello, boys. Uh, you know, there is a shocking amount of octopi blowjobs happening. Is it octopi? In this is it octopi? Look, well, that'd be multiple. And I don't think it's knock multiple. it before you try it. Is it octopussies? It's octopussies. No, that's wow. a James Bond Octopusi then. Pusai. No. Octopusi. <laughs> you know what's the saddest thing? We're going to start the episode really graphic here. The mm-hmm. saddest thing, I remember dissecting a squid in high school. You bastard. There's a beak. Guys, that's not yep. a pleasurable experience, I don't think. Oh, you don't know. You never had I don't one. ever want to know. You've never had one suck your dick. There's no lips. To- it doesn't matter. I, listen, it's not even science. Hey, holes are holes. Like, if you stay, <laughs> I mean, listen, a, yeah. a marine biologist would tell you this doesn't even compute. <laughs> like, I understand this is high fiction, but, yeah. but we're already, we're also in a reality-based universe for the most part. And it's just, it just it's doesn't just work that way. Octopus mate once and they die the moment they fuck. So it's not even. Well, here's the thing. How much porn it's has. Not it, fucking, real, it's not fucking. It's a blowjob. It's Let, different. Real quick, though. It's not, according Let, to Bill Clinton, that's not sex. That's, that's true. Temperature check in the room. How many people have watched a lot of porn here? Oh, right here. A lot. Mm-hmm. Every one of us, right? Avi, okay. are you raising your hand, Avi? Yeah, Avi, you raising your hand. I plead the fifth. Is, <laughs> is it called octopus sucking porn or tentacle? They're missing an opportunity here. Come on, people. They're not even getting it right. They're not even getting it right. Hey, they tried. They tried, and the wife wasn't (laughs) down for it. They attempted. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Whoa. What? This mood killer was that? Like, come on, just come with me. Babe, he just, wants to. He wants to fuck uh, octopus eye. Then you know what? Octopus eye. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> we're not even into the discussion yet, Babe, but dude, I'm just gonna come suck this octopus eye. I'm hey, just so least, tired. At least of this they bit. gave the deep something to do. Yeah, fuck. Did did they? They gave him some. <laughs> they certainly gave him something to do. Yes, but. <laughs> I'm just over him entirely. I thought we were getting towards a redemption story of something interesting. And it's just been like, what if he just like fucked an animal every single episode? He's going to die this year. He has to, right? If not, I want him to at this point. I honestly believe by the end of this season, which is next episode, they're going to do some massive clearing of the board. They have to. There's just, there's a lot of characters that don't really do much anymore. The boys are fine. They're trying the the boys as the group. The group, the yes. main, yeah. Like they're fine. They can easily wrangle them back in and bring them back together for yeah. the next season. But all these outlying heroes, they gotta just they fucking, have several they literally just them. sitting and hanging around. Yeah, Maeve on a bench, A Train in a bed, the Deep <laughs> in a bed. What are you three doing? Black Noir on a chair. On a chair. Like everyone on the Vought team is just fucking sitting on the bench. Literally, how is the, okay? So anyway, today we're Man. discussing season three, episode seven. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. 
Ryan, do you have a synopsis? I, I, no, you don't. I don't have you were computer. too busy looking at tentacle porn? I was. I was actually looking at the deep fucking squids. Okay. That's pretty. Well, a quick, besides sexy. that, the key, the synopsis hot, for dude, this episode. Boner. <laughs> Everything's changing as never expected for, for the Homelander. Soldier Boy is searching for the other old payback members to slay. And Black Noir recoll- recollects what has really gotten him in the current situation. Who wrote this? Uh, directed by Sarah Boyd and written by Paul Grelog. Grelong? Not certain. I can't do names. We know that. But I would probably pronounce it Grelong. Grelong? Yeah. Okay. Uh, or Grelong. Grelong. Yeah. Make Grelong? It, make it sound. Grelong. There we go. <laughs> Dang. So in this episode, we have a lot of different backstory. I'd say that's probably the key element to this episode, building things up for as we move into the finale. We have several key moments dissected from a storytelling standpoint. We have key characters bringing and filling their backstory, some for the first time, really. That was perhaps the most captivating and interesting part of this episode, at least for me. And the writer, Paul Grelong, uh, through a flurry of, you know, quote, flashbacks, although done the right way with Mindstorm's brain fucking device powers, brain that fucking. actually yeah, really like worked. That. I thought that was very well done way to give us traumatic flashbacks that weren't just him like wistfully looking off into the distance kind of thing. <laughs> um, and that and that really kind of had to come into play, not only for what had happened previously with Butcher this season and where he's been. I loved the editing of some of that. Um, but also kind of setting up for where he's going to go and the the tragic route that it looks like it's going to take. But ultimately, so something, something it reminds us. Real, go ahead. So something I wanted to point out real quick is through this season, there has been several times there have been very quick flashes of he's looking at Huey and then it's flashed to his younger brother very quickly and back to Huey. And we at the time had no context. I mean, yeah, we got the idea that, you know, he looks at Huey as like, you know, a possible stand in for his little brother because he's so young and naive and doesn't know the ways of the world. But then seeing this backstory from Butcher it was very it was very pivotal because you're right we did see those flashbacks with Huey but this here in this episode reminds us as an audience that Butcher has been and is a victim of abuse the parental abuse the tragic loss of his brother why he cares about Huey in any capacity is really brought more to the forefront in this episode and i think it's very important because he has been perhaps more than the previous seasons very much a selfish dick with Becca on the table. It was always still a revenge with a purpose and a, and a motive we could get behind. And now with how things ended in season two, it's felt more just purely anger and hate driven. So this here makes him a more sympathetic character that needed to be a part of it. And it's funny because they do that with another character who had had literally no forward momentum from season one to season three, and that is Black Noir with his stylized 1950s cartoon exposition done in a fun way, exposition, but still done in a fun way that gives us why, or at least what we think to be a true story as to why he betrayed Soldier Boy. 
back in the well, day. Well, it's his, his version of the truth. His version of yeah, events. Yeah, because there's some yeah. continuity issues. Because <laughs> right. if, if you go back to earlier this season, it didn't play out that way. So There's some lines right. from other characters that don't make sense. Yeah, so I'm sure there's more to it. Yeah, and that really, those two elements really was the bulk and heart of the narrative this episode. And we will go into each one of those one by one here in a moment. Um, we also had some interesting social political commentary about the darker side of American politics and what has been done in the name of quote freedom. Uh, a lot of things in this episode and throughout the show have been more and more relevant to current times and current era thoughts and, and beliefs. And yeah, the idea of, which, Paul, what's his last name? I can never remember. Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser's, I fucking love his character of the he's legend. Good. He's but, so great. He's so fucking good. And he's always charismatic in almost anything he's in. But his line about being an American means being the hero. So we sweep away all the ugliness and tell ourselves a myth like Soldier Boy. Fuck if that isn't more and more poignant and relevant as uh, our generations become more and more jaded <laughs> to the reality. Also... The fact that we become more and more aware of the things that are happening around us uh -huh. because the world is uh, far more connected. It's than not the just what you read past. on the news. Right. There's so many other ways that we can find the truth or at least a variation of the truth. Mm -hmm. And because of that, the veil of, you know, mystery or what's going on behind the curtain, if you will, we, we see what's going on behind the curtain and we see the things that this country has done in the name of freedom. And sure, let's not by, be naive. And I've said this during our Star Trek discussions. Let's not pretend we don't know what it takes to make sure and ensure that we have freedoms in this country. It's an ugly truth, but it is ugly. And I like that we're not trying to sweep it under the rug any longer. And we are trying to expose it. And a show like this, I feel, does it the right way it does yeah. it in an intellectual way it does it through satire and, mm -hmm. and it works and it makes it a little bit more palatable to people that may not even want to be told these types of things yeah i could easily see someone sitting there and watching like man what a negative view in this fictional world good thing my america is not like that. dude i mean <laughs> right. here's this like i sadly could see that 100 percent. here's the thing about that whole situation is like that is literally the United States of America mm -hmm. and honestly, any fucking major power for the last 70 fucking years. How long has human history been going? Exactly. Like <laughs> they sweep things under the rug so many times to make you think that everything is so hunky dory. And that's why like you can't handle the truth. You cannot handle the truth, dude. And it's like, it's so look at, funny. Look at Operation Paperclip that we've talked about before. Dude. The fact that a lot of our technological advancements in this country is because we gave amnesty to Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. We're grabbing Nazi scientists like I mean, it was dude, a fucking clearance. What, what I think is funny is when everyone watches Marvel movies and they think, oh, Captain America is so great. When you really, the Winter Soldier is the real fucking Captain America. <laughs> that's the guy that's doing the missions <laughs> that you don't shit, know about. Right. Yeah. Because that's really what it is, dude. Like, yep. And I think when you look at this and you look at it like, oh, you know, Soldier Boy's a piece of shit. It's like, no. Is he literally says it in the in this episode. That's what it is to be a soldier. What's that line from Dark Knight? I'm just ahead of the curve. Exactly. <laughs> That's the world that the world is is a fucked up place, and you need a fucked up person to take care of fucked up business. Unfortunately, that's yeah. how it works. It doesn't make it morally right. No, but no one's agreeing with that. It's but, a good it, thing. but it is what it is. If it you want to yeah. have the fifty thousand 
streaming services. You don't want people shooting at us and yeah. blowing us up. Guess what? Eh, there's going to be some ugly facts. There's going to be some ugly things that, that we may learn about later. <laughs> yeah, way later, typically. Yeah. And it, that really did paint a, a bleak picture for some of our characters. I, I would say the legends revealing of soldier boy might've been, and, and his true nature might've been the more depressing part of the episode for yeah. me, partly from a, a wanting to be a fan of soldier boy, wanting to feel like he's different. I'm still a fan of his. I, I still don't know how much of that is true because if I'm going to think anybody might be a liar, you know, the producer whose entire livelihood is built on making lies. Yeah. Maybe he's not the one to believe. I don't know. It could go either way, but sadly, while we love, Soldier Boy, he wasn't the primary focus of this episode. This isn't his show, as much as we all would love that. Just keeps his own spinoff. <laughs> it's just 1950s <laughs> shit. That would be sick, dude. The Boys, and it's called Soldier Boy, that's it? Dude, it'd be great. Tell me, I wouldn't tune in for that. As long as he doesn't fuck some old fatties, I'm fine with that. Oh. Like, let's... You didn't, uh, you didn't uh, like that I thought I didn't like old people. No, I love old people. But yeah. listen, out of all the people you can pick... You pick the grimiest of grimy. You could walk down Rodeo Drive right now and find a thousand hot 80-year-old, 70-year-old women is not who have that taken far. care of themselves. Yeah, Cougars in Scottsdale are not that far away. Soldier Boy was going after some nasties. It wasn't even about the age. They it was just maids, about the nasties. Dude. They were just there, man. You know, they were maids. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you didn't see were, that? That's yeah. what he's like. Yeah. Oh, never fired them. Were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were the maids. Yeah. I was too. Um, he didn't find them. They were looking at the titties. You were looking at the titties? By the boobs to the knees, yeah. Yeah, that was right. one of the first things that legend the legend said was, well, now I can never fire those two. Thank <laughs> oh, you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought Soldier Boy was going to play like no, Slinky. He, he like, literally just oh, went oh, for geez. whoever showed up at the house that day. Yeah, oh, okay. He was, yeah, he was getting down. Well, listen, you got to do what you got to do, especially if exactly, you've been in prison. Right? Times, you've been locked away for a long time. He hasn't been beating off or, or had sex for like 40 years. I think Huey should give up Starlight for tribute. You know, be like, here, you know what? <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I got but, weird. But she's got a consent as well. Oh, you know, right. Of because course. a guy never owns a lady and vice versa. So he has to offer her up on a silver platter with a caveat with if a she caveat? consents. But all, but all soldier boys got to do is whip his dig out. She'll probably consent. I mean, come on. He's soldier. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All he'd I've have seen, to do I've is seen wink a num- and smile, and she'd probably do it. Yes. I've seen Thank a number you, of baby. posts from people who have watched the show. Like, why is this, like, from dudes, like, this show's making me question my sexuality because it had a picture, <laughs> a promo picture of Jensen, Carl Urban. Uh, <laughs> I saw it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the dudes, like, in the black looking suit good, looking man. good on the couch, and yeah. it was like, well, I'm suddenly uncomfortable with myself. I'm like, yeah, man, whatever. Yeah, that'll happen. It's what it is. It's yeah. more jealousy for me. It's yeah, jealousy. It's, it's pure jealousy you and fucking anger. hot dudes. You hot pieces of <laughs> shit. Look at me with my saggy face. And, and then you're my, sitting there illuminated my, by the screen of a computer. Dude, in the you, you want to be really depressed? Watch the boys <laughs> and then go look at yourself in the mirror afterwards. Oh, dude, no. I go straight to bed. Are yeah. you kidding me? Okay, so that's the smart thing to do. I can't look at myself afterwards. I barely look at myself as it is. I do that all the time. Like after I go see like a Marvel movie or some tent pole blockbuster film, and then I have to <laughs> you go, go to the buy bathroom shop, afterwards. You go buy shirts. <laughs> no, you know how you have to go to the bathroom usually right after the movie. Oh yeah. So I go and I see myself in the mirror. I'm like, God damn it! I just spent two hours looking at Hemsworth's like perfect face, and well, now you here's stuffed me. yourself with popcorn and yeah. soda. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Hemsworth. You got dude. butter on your fingers still, and you're son just like, what the fuck? Good looking son of a bitch. <laughs> hate him. I hate him too. All right. Dude. So the main. Me off. 
I'd say the main character and the main arc that we got some interesting moments from was Butcher in this episode. We get to see his childhood trauma in a unique and clever way. This was exposition to some point, but I think they did a really good job with it through the framing device of Mindstorm because it it does plot relevant things by taking him off the board. For, excuse me for the moment. But it also shows us not just a flashback, but there's, it's stuff that he's trying to interact with. Mm-hmm. It talks to him, as as Soldier Boy says, a living nightmare. It's more than just purely memories. And I loved the way they edited it with the events from season one and season two, and even this episode, showing the parallels of what he went through and what he became. The hard cut with his dad finishing the sentence from young version to old version and him mm-hmm. saying the same things. Oh yeah. The him beating up the I can't remember the kid, the, the the guy in the bathroom who had like the psychic powers and then gunpowder in the exact same way that he was getting hit yeah. as a child. Those were really powerful moments I thought because it really does highlight how much he's been through and explains a lot doesn't justify necessarily but explains a lot of why he is the way he is his character is by far the most consistent across the board from season to season because this has been his story since day one he's always had that hatred towards his father he's always had the fear that he's going to become his father and now with him taking you know v24 Mm -hmm. and you have that that overarching theme that's pretty much guiding this season which is if you hunt monsters, you may become the monster yourself. Yeah. Well, he is literally turning into his monster, which his is his father. Yeah. So that part is being done so great. And that's why I was ultimately okay with the reiteration of this story, because we've heard about the suicide. He blamed himself in the first season for leaving his brother. We heard this, but yeah. we've never seen it. As, well, him and his dad talking as well in he, season two. Yeah. So using the whole mind storm as as a plot device essentially to just get us to visualize these memories in a way that we can now uh, make his past tangible. Mm-hmm. But well, and it it's did more work. visceral. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that they weren't technical flashbacks is what made it good. Yes. It, it, it was a, it was a nightmare. It was an inception type uh, event where he's in his own head. It was and- a justified flashback yeah. exactly. it wasn't like all right guys now i'm gonna show all you right, what happened you it this. reminded me honestly <laughs> now we're gonna do the scooby-doo ending <laughs> it reminded me of when bobby died in supernatural yeah and him jumping through memories spoiler dude oh, yeah. <laughs> oh fuck dude yeah it's been like 10 years yeah, at this point but, people like, don't know in this. This episode. but it did give me flashbacks to that my own flashbacks to that moment where we see his past with his father but there's a reason as to why we're there it's not just dumping information exactly i thought they did a really good job with that and it's the tragic irony with butcher is that everything he does to avoid being his father brings him one right step back closer to, to, to being. being that exact same fucking person he is yeah. for the most at the moment right now especially with the decision he makes at the end of the episode is for all intents and purposes okay. the exact thing he doesn't want to be. Okay, can I can I just I want to talk about that when he fucking I don't know what it is about TV shows that Kripke writes, but for some reason lying is like a fucking a theme. cornerstone. It is a corner fucking stone for the shows that he writes. I swear to Christ, the first 5 seasons 
Sam and Dean lie to each other more than any fucking person ever. And now <laughs> I, he's literally. Maybe he's, Kripke is a liar. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Because his, dude, his wife better check his phone. Oh, dude, he's in he's in Tinder grinder. Which phone? If he's that much of a liar, there's oh, two phones. Oh, he's got phones. a burner, dude. He's got a fucking hey, yo, where you at? That's the biggest he's ultimate got a boost douchey cheater of all time. He has a burner phone to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I I just do that whole scene where he, I'm like, you better fucking tell him, butcher. You better fucking tell him. You better tell. I don't think no. I have ever been this pissed off at the show. <laughs> I was angry. Yeah. I was physically yeah. angry. I was like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Just tell him. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Well, I and think he was thinking about it. He, he was. was. He was thinking about it. And for some, I want to know why. He just went through that horrible yeah. memory scape. I'm turning into my dad. Did Did he just go... Well, I guess I'm already here. Fuck well, it, I can't I, get so, any worse. I so, think it's a mix of a couple of things. I think it's it's he doesn't think they can beat Homelander without the those two having powers, and I think that's the ultimate reason why. Because look, they even said that Soldier Boy's strong, but technically Homelander is stronger by a little bit, and I think it's going to take all three of them, if not more. More. To beat Homelander. So that's what Butcher's thinking in his head. They've already taken it more than four or five times. So yeah. I well, feel like Butcher it, knows fucked. that they're dead. I yeah. tried to do the math, and I think if my math is correct, Huey's done it three times and Butcher's done it four. They're both in the right. kill zone at this point. I think it's a mix. I think if he already knows they're dead by that standpoint, they might as well finish the job. Butcher has absolutely nothing to live for other than Except killing Homelander. And the sad fact is he has brought Huey down to his level. Huey and him agreeing in the beginning of the episode is exactly the place they need to be for them, for him to justify. Right. I can bring him with, he wants this too. This is the right path. What else are we going to do? Kind of thing. He's already said no to Starlight, essentially. Huey has made his decision. Exactly. Butcher did tell him not to take the V-24. He told him not to. He hid it from him and he took it anyway. So I I, I didn't really care that Butcher didn't tell him. I'm like, listen, I was Huey's pissed, an but adult. It makes sense. He made his decision. Now, if he had taken it once only and then Butcher didn't tell him. Or had Butcher known before he took it. Right. right. And it would kill him. Then that's different. This, I feel like the damage is already done. And why try to stop this now? Might as well we- YOLO it. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But I also think it's that if in a weird way of making the wrong decision again, he's he ran and left his brother, Lonnie. In a weird, twisted way, I think he thinks, well, we're going down together. But by doing that, it's condemning him just as much as he did his brother. And yeah. I think it's in a weird way, he's too, and like Mike said, he's so consistent. He's too consumed with this revenge and this anger. And because this is the key other moment, MM, the consciousness and moral code and Frenchie and Kamiko have not been involved for Butcher. And Starlight has not been able to turn the tide on where Huey's at right now mentally. Both of them, it's, it's they're drug addicts left to their own devices. Of course they're going to take it again. They don't have their support system to pull them away from the darkness. And that's what's going to push them farther into it with this final episode, which I think there's a key reason why some of the compound V that they gave to Kimiko wasn't completely used. Because I think what better way to solidify the becoming the monster 
then by having one of them or not both of them have to have compound V in order to heal and survive the fucking side effects. Has Butcher killed any innocent people? Oof, I'd have to go back because and do honestly, a kill I don't think he's that he's not, bad. He's never killed he's anybody. Not. He's That's the definitely thing. playing fast and loose with exactly. He's not a bad dude. If you but were he to view him under the or let's if you were to weigh him on the scale of Puritan esque ideals, mm-hmm. you know, morality, then yeah, he's definitely teetering into the darker areas. But at the same time, he's a CIA operative trying yep. to protect. Well, civilians it is about his revenge but at the Maybe end of the, the, guy but at the, end of the day i'm not saying he's selfless like he's protecting america he's not he's he is trying to seek revenge but he is a cia operative working under their direction he's not rogue like in season one so i don't think he's doing horrible things per se he is at the end of the day probably accountable for his team and he should have probably taken care of Huey a bit better. I, I feel like those are the bigger things. But I do have some problems this season with Starlight, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly taking the high road and getting mad that they're killing superheroes. When was this a thing? Yeah, when like, did this she is, care? This has been going on since day one, and everyone was on board. I don't know why Starlight changed her method necessarily. Right, two, two things. One, I noticed way earlier in the season, and it's interesting, I I just connected some dots here with with what you were saying, Mike. Butcher is dressed like a pirate. (laughs) No, seriously, if you you think about his silhouette, he's got the long coat, he's got boots, he's got pants that are tucked down into his boots, so you can actually see the silhouette of uh, of open boots. You know, it struck me that he's got the beard and and the arg kind of... The whole swagger. And he does. It struck me. I was like, fuck, he looks like a pirate. So it's interesting what you said about him being a CIA operative because it's it seems like that they've taken the pirate and given him a piece of paper that made him a privateer so he could do what he wants to do, but it's legal. Yeah. I think Mesmer might be the one person. Who? The, the psychic guy from season one. Oh, yeah. Oh, the I see uh, Haley guy? Joel Osment. He might yeah. be the only one who was like the most innocent that yeah. he flat out fucking murdered. He flat out killed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. But he was still a soup. So by his definition of morality, he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy. Yeah. You know, anyone that's a soup's a bad guy to him is essentially how it works. What we've seen that checks out. Yeah. Well, Starlight for, for is part. one of her and supersonic maybe we don't even know was maybe, supersonic maybe. really that good we don't we can assume but he died too soon to get a full yeah analysis on his character yeah Kamiko, but even then she's a murderer so that's um, true yeah but uh i i think while the him not telling huey was painful it does make sense and is consistent i just wonder how is that going to play out into this final episode because i feel like not only do they have to clear the board so some people will probably die, but also there could be some real ramifications. He's That decision is the farthest he's taken into becoming the monster, mm-hmm. the, the whole theme of this season. Becoming his dad, becoming the monster, becoming a soup is the final step in that because he's okay, condemned remember, everyone else around him. I remembered what my other thing was. Um, it 
reminds me, draws parallels between what he's doing, the whole we have to do what we have to do to save the people kind of thing with Soldier Boy in the same episode reiterating to Huey over and over again, this is what you do if you're a soldier. Mm-hmm. You got to make the bad decisions. You got to do the shit stuff that nobody else wants Wants to do. do. and Nobody else wants to talk about because you're a fucking soldier and that's your job and you just fucking do it. And I kind of feel like that's also where Butcher is coming from without having actually have said the words. A hundred percent. Yeah. Agreed. Speaking of soldier boy. uh... Yes, Avi, you're right. Because I mean, Huey, that was the reason why Starlight got into the shit that she was in with Homelander because Huey said, Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes whatever it takes means a dire consequence, right? But where we're at in the show, it makes sense that that's where they're at because Mm -hmm. nothing else has worked. It's inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. I think of that line by, uh, oh, I can never remember. I can't remember. Stannis Baratheon. You know, it has to come. Sacrifice must be painful, else it is no true sacrifice. Yep. That's where they're at. <laughs> There's got to be consequences, right? Yeah. Now. I, I, I personally, I think Joffrey's quotes were the best. Oh yeah. yeah. Which one? Go ahead and get enlighten us with one. He's googling them right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. I am the king. Is uh, the yeah. Only, there's a, there's good a one. quote. Yeah. 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 Hey, so do we think Huey's gonna die? I don't. I don't think Huey's gonna die. Huey's not dying. No. I think Butcher's gonna do something bad. I don't think any of our heroes will die. I I don't think that I think the boys are safe. Yeah. I think it's the soups that need to get off the playing field for the most part. Can we uh, talk about how I kind of wanted a train to die and then everything just kind of. Okay. So I have in my notes, a train is alive. God damn it. Holy (laughs) shit. He has blue Hawks heart. He's going to commit suicide. Let, let's talk notes. about that real quick. Cause that was a brief a- aspect of this episode. Yeah, and, and we had First of all, about it cause... what a fucking great Shakespearean punishment for yeah, that, right? that your enemy <laughs> is now Inside forever you. a hero and physically a part of you yeah. so that your very existence perpetuates the hero narrative of the person you fucking hate. What's funny. What's funny is that they stole this directly from Tokyo ghoul. So it's an anime where the main character is basically going to die mm-hmm. and the ghoul that was trying to eat him th- basically they put her liver in his body so he wouldn't die mm-hmm. and he becomes half human half ghoul mm. and it's literally like the whole first like season is about him lamenting the fact that he sh- he should be dead yeah. does he and identify as a ghoul or a human it, it's dude it's he goes back and forth. it's this weirdest thing trans dude, like ghoul it, it's it's hard to explain but the, not, not it was just funny sorry. because it was like i'm watching i'm like oh this is straight out of that show and it's like you want to live most people you know like uh, he doesn't want he doesn't want to die you can tell he doesn't want to die mm-hmm. but now he has blue <laughs> he has a part of blue i think that's a beautiful poetic punishment in a way but yeah. it's also begs the question that av brought up is he going to kill himself i don't necessarily see him being brave I... or courageous oh, well, or desperate not saying that suicide is brave please do not take that as a misnomer it here. is when the zombies are coming and you but, have one bullet left <laughs> right walking dead scenario aside i don't see him doing that 
No, I either. think he would not be that kind of he person. He loves himself too much. He loves himself too much in a, in a very negative way. But I feel like that's also a better punishment that he has to carry that with him. Well, think about it. The guy that took Everything. his brother's life from him gave him his life, life back. Yeah. yeah, he can now yeah, run. And that's what I was going to say. I would get all my affairs in order, send it all in my brother's name and be like, peace out. Yeah, I think he's going. I, honestly, I think this is. I hate to say it because I've said it before. I think this is his turning point. It has to be right. There's got to be something that just didn't sit right with him. Like, sure, he got his power back, and that ultimately oh, he's is very what he unhappy. Wanted, you can tell. But the fact that he got his power back from the very person that killed his brother, I don't think he's gonna paralyzed. But I don't think he's going back to Vought as a company man. I don't think he can. I like how can he? Yeah, how can he live like and that? And the whole hurt. Actually, talking about this, the biopic that's not about his brother. And the first thing he says is, "No, my brother was my coach." He has to step away from this, and maybe this will be the thing that makes him out of the penance in a way. Try to actually be a half decent, good person for the community and a real hero, rather than a fucking corporate propaganda piece. To sell Pepsi. What, if if he if this is not his turning point, I hope to God Butcher laser slices him. Laser eyes, his legs slices him. Just dude. his legs. Yep. Well, <laughs> if you it, Yes. If you look at writing as a whole and how it usually works with characters, this is the moment where the character has to make a decision. Yeah. So yeah. Like we said at the beginning of this season, you got to shit or get off the pot with some of these characters. And if he doesn't make a decision, he either needs to go full on bad mm -hmm. or he needs to become a bit of a good guy and assist. Otherwise, there is no point. To There's no character. point of him being he, around. He needs yeah. to have the yeah. Jamie Lannister arc where he's had his lowest point. He's lost something that was near and dear to him. And now he has to apologize and try and be a better Person. When does he uh, fuck his sister? Yeah. When does he? When does he? When does he basically <laughs> ruin his entire arc at the very last episode and just? Uh, spoiler. Oh, well, sorry. you know, no, no. Don't watch Game of Thrones anymore. Does he people. have a hot sister like Cersei? <laughs> then it's okay. Which Cersei though? The one where she's like got her hair short all and she's getting them. shamed. All of them. All of them. The more evil she gets, the hotter what, what's she that, is. What's that Gary Oldman meme? Everyone is he screaming? No, I'm the guy uh, Magneto. Perfection. You should see, perfection. You should perfection. see her in uh, Dread. Then. Yeah, I've seen her in Dread. Ugh. Whatever, dude. She's still hot with no those scars, way, dude. She Not is, a chance. She's been hot since 300. Oof. Oh yeah. well, she's hot in 300. I would have fucking kicked it's that dude. Because you're in an ageist. Like, I'm an ageist. <laughs> I'm sorry. When she bites that dude's dick you're off in Dread. You're the one that dread. doesn't want to. To have sex with the I can't hear you. Amy. You're the one who didn't want ladies. the old lady sex in the beginning. Yeah. I would have hit those I grannies. No one heard what she just said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of, let's let's knock out a couple other soups because, like I said, they're literally sitting on the fucking bench. Mm -hmm. The deep is a fucking joke at this point, and I'm well, he's honestly always been a joke. <laughs> no, but I'm honestly over the joke. We get it. He bangs fish creatures and mollusks and goddamn knows what else mammals and shit. The the point of it being, we get it. That's what he does. We've we're over it at this point. Now I I'm hoping for one of two things: either he becomes a real fucking threat and does something of relevance, because we've seen his powers all of like twice when he slammed a train into the wall. Shows he's got some level of super strength, and the whole whale scene from season two with the sharks, which was actually pretty fucking epic for all of a single scene. 
Right now, he either needs to become a real threat or have such an embarrassing, embarrassing failure moment that he like just gives up entirely because he has that whole, I have a, what is it? Formidable intellect. We, he's setting himself up for failure. We're waiting for it. He's going to be on Hannity or whatever the hell it's time to move this story forward and either have it be completely done. It will. He's done. It has to be. He's There's done. nothing his, else for him to do. So his, his wife is going to turn on him. He has to, right? He bangs animals and then he's going to be completely done forever as a pervert. No. Yeah. He's, he's done. She, By the way, she had a she fat ass done with him. Yeah, she's attractive. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know until she was naked. Until she was naked. <laughs> <laughs> she's one of those sneaky hotties. Yeah. But he's somebody who I feel like we can get rid of him entirely at this point. Maeve in lockup. I don't know what the point is with that either. It feels really shitty that she's just a character that they've just had no idea what to do anything with outside of that plane scene in the first season. Well, okay. they had nothing else with it. Now, the the creepy as fuck egg harvesting standpoint was incredibly timely. Yeah. But outside of that element, which I could see, I honestly do. This seems to be a suicide episode, which I feel terrible about, but I could see her trying to take her own life rather than let that be a reality. I, yeah. and so I wouldn't be surprised if we walk in like an Epstein situation and she's dead in the prison. cell. someone killed her. Exactly. <laughs> so what this season amounts to, is a bridge season. Yeah. We had talked about this a yes. little bit off the yes. air. Going and as we're going through and we're dissecting and we're wondering where character arcs are going and the fact that we closed out season two in a way that felt like an ending of a chapter and then they're resetting the board. I feel like most of the season is them resetting the board yeah. and moving characters around. They're sidelining characters that don't they're have setting a up for something that are. Exactly. They're setting things up. So I have a feeling that this season retrospectively will probably come off stronger after season four. Question. Well, I was just going to say, do you think that's why they've already been renewed for season four? Well, that and the ratings are insane. But yeah. Well, no, but but Kripke went in and said, okay, guys, look, this is what I need. It very easily could be that. Yeah. Yeah, because look at if you and I don't want to get too far into this topic because I know there's a lot of people that listen to the show that never watch Supernatural. But if you look at his strategy as a writer, season three was a lot like this. It was stronger because that was, you know, 10 years in the making that TV show for Kripke before he even set foot on on set. But you have the closing of a chapter in Supernatural season two, season three is a resetting taking a few things that were hanging over some from season two, pulling into season three and you're taking characters and ideas and you're almost put, that were set up in the first two seasons and you're almost putting them in or on the back burner and they keep mm-hmm. them there on simmer to remind us what, what is really the bigger story. Meanwhile, they focus on other characters that come and go. They don't have bigger parts to play moving into future seasons mm-hmm. And it's a more intimate character that focuses on a very specific, intimate theme. See, w- when you talk about it like that, I'm, o- I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because it's like, if, they're, if they truly are setting up and they're setting up for something big for season four, mm-hmm. it's all there. I mean, then, it, then it's okay. Look at the like, Edgar stuff. Yeah. Edgar, yeah. You, when you look at what's really happening, this doesn't end with Black Noir and Edgar's little 
speech to remove him off the board. There's a bigger reason behind all of this. Yep. And what's going to end up happening is what we said at the beginning of the season. They're only stashing Edgar away for a bit because he, in my opinion, is the end all villain. Yeah. Whatever he, has, he has brewing, the fact that he walked away with no fucks from Vod is because yep. he doesn't care because he has a bigger agenda. I don't feel like Newman and Edgar are really at odds. I have a feeling that this is all their plan and their strategy, and they are still working together. But yeah, those- I wouldn't be surprised if something happened off screen where he and her talked, and that's why he was so okay with it when he had that meeting with Homelander. Yeah. So that's what I am thinking is really going to happen. This is a season that's going to, this being used as a bridge. They're clearing away some of the mess, like some of these mm-hmm. Vought superheroes. I don't think the idea of Vought and the superheroes, you can't keep doing this. No. I have a feeling that that as being it's falling apart at the seams, that too. idea at the forefront isn't going to work for a fourth season. It's just not, especially with all of it becoming public socially within the show. You have to move away from that. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that the writers are going to start working a little bit more within the shadows of this world. And you're going to start seeing the bigger villains of this show have really nothing to do with Vought. Well, that's the thing is that from an antagonistic standpoint, the heroes are a bunch of hedonistic dickheads like the Greek gods of old. They're powerful and they don't give a fuck about humanity and they fuck and destroy anything they want out of a purely, there's no repercussions and nothing can touch them, but that is not an antagonist for a major story at this point. And I think you're right. I think this will be seen kind of like the season three in supernatural where it's cleaning up after a chapter ended and setting up for something new because it would make all of this make a hell of a lot more sense. The fact that Edgar's heartbeat doesn't even increase when Homelander shows up. Dude, my fucking heartbeat increases when Homelander yeah. shows up. And I'm watching the show. Yeah. So <laughs> th- there has to be more to that. And I think you're 100% right. Him telling Black Noir to do this stuff in Black Noir's flashback. Do you remember the problems? It has to come into a, par- a point. I'm sorry for cutting out. No, you're good. doing that. Are you done? Jerk. Yeah, it has to come to a point. And he's the true villain. If not, what is the point? Do you remember that a lot of people when season three of Supernatural aired, they weren't happy with it? Yeah. It wasn't until later that people went back and they really liked season three. Oh, so what you're saying is you're going to go back and write this season. I'm I'm just saying sometimes (laughs) writers, if they're not quite sure what they're doing with one season or perhaps, like I said, this season's simply a bit of a bridge to bridge ideas over, Mm -hmm. clear the board then yeah, retrospectively, this season will probably sit a little better with me because then I would realize that there's a strategy that he's using these eight episodes to to lead us to the bigger story. Well, I feel like it has to be because that was one of my kind of complaints as I was watching this episode. And it's not about this episode. It's more about the whole show, Mm -hmm. which was in the beginning, what I loved about it when Butcher's talking to Huey in the street in the premiere episode is, is the idea of how does an average person fight something that can't be killed, whether that's a soup or a mega corporation, how do you combat that? And I always liked the idea of Vought is the true villain while all the heroes are their puppet masters, distractions and playthings, or other are their puppets and, and playthings. And in seasons one and two, that felt like part of it. They're setting up all kinds of stuff of 
assassinating senators and they're pro they were you know proto nazis and doing all these terrible things to children against their wills or as paying off parents and all these horrible things and homelander was just a surface level threat he was a byproduct that was a byproduct of their true evil and in season three they've essentially been wiped off the board or just in a boardroom that doesn't really do anything edgar's not a part of it and newman's just hanging around but i, th because I think because well hold on because because homelander is the major threat so i do think that's why we have to have this be a bridge season to that still being the true villain i think of the show we're overlooking the temp v the temp V is a huge, huge thing that Vaught is putting mm -hmm. out. They're putting mm -hmm. a lot of time and, and effort into that. a lot of resources, that. yeah. And I think that's, we're overlooking that because that is Vaught. That's nobody else but Vaught. So I'm interested. I'm okay with this being a setup season. Yeah. But I think the temp V has, there has to be a reason for it. Yeah. When I say Vaught won't be the bigger threat, I should say Vaught as the face of entertainment. Right. right. Edgar right. had said that he wanted to leave all that behind as a writer. And we know Kripke doesn't suck as a writer and he doesn't lead a bunch of sucky writers as well. He They're not going to have a line like that in the first episode of the season right. unless it matters. He wants to remove himself from the whole superhero thing. Yeah. And I have a feeling that's the reason why he's letting all this play out. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't popped he's up letting at all. Homelander shoot himself in the foot. Soldier boy pops up. He has nowhere to be found yep. because he doesn't give a fuck. He wants the, the main company to focus on pharmaceuticals and and that's yep. not going to go away. The superhero side and the trust that they have. Away. Yes. That, that the trust that the public has on the superheroes will go away. Well, look, mm -hmm. I mean, look at, look at MM's uh, wife's Todd, Todd, look at Todd. He, what a punch. <laughs> I would have punched that motherfucker too. Dude. Oh, I would have fucking laid him out, dude. Like, but uh, look, look, blindly believes the superheroes do some research. Like, God, I love that phrase. Man. Oh, dude. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's really what's that's, happening. That, yeah, that's today's day and age. You have the divisions of families, yep. yeah, people bickering, and like, listen, dude, like, I'm literally telling you, the guy's a murderer. I, I work well, in the that's CIA. The lives, that's the lives of the media, bro. You can't believe everything you hear of their own research on yeah. websites made by other people in the media. So I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm. I know way more than you. Yeah, that was a painful, painful moment. So. So I want to make a little prediction. I've been very intently listening to you guys, and I, I feel like I might have put some dots together. So I started, when we started talking about people and clearing the board, I was like, all right, so maybe we should make a little kill list. Like, who we think <laughs> is going <laughs> to, who do we think is going to, you know, die by the Eat end it. of the season or whatever. Um, so at first I was like, okay, the deep's gone, Maeve's gone. A train, I think, is gone. And then I was like, okay, wait, I don't think they're actually, all of these are going to actually die. I mean, I think some of them will. But I think what's going to end up happening is everyone is going to die or leave Vought or run and hide in some way. Starlight's already quit. Mm. Um, the Deep is useless, and I think his wife's going to turn on him. Um, A-Train, I think he's going to off himself. Maeve, I think they're just going to kill. Black Noir, I think Homelander's going to kill. And then Homelander is left by himself. And then I think he's going to fuck up to the point where nobody likes Homelander anymore. Well, and so, that would have its own poetic aspect where he is always alone. And if he's yes. the last hero, I think Maeve will probably end up, like I said, killing herself or doing something horrible. I think Atrian will leave. If he doesn't 
die, he will leave and have that sort of Jamie Lannister attempted redemption. Deep's dead, and and I think Noir's dead. Yeah, yeah. And so, even if they so, aren't, even if they're not killed off, they're, they're going to be relevant. They're going to be removed. Yes. Yeah, they're not going to be well, as a, a. They're not going to be that permanent fixture. So you have a clearing of the board of the seven. The seven is mm-hmm. no more. Right. The whole kind of theme back. In the back of your mind theme is the dawn of the seven. Well, <laughs> not even I, and the dust. I don't think exactly. It's going to be, you know, the the opposite of that. So then Mike said, you know, this is a bridge season leading to a bigger or new season for next year. And I really think that's where the politics and the pharmaceuticals are going to come back, because I think Edgar's long game which he said earlier in the season is getting soups in the military. So I, I think he's gonna, he, that's why he's not so caring so much about the, you know, the fancy faces of the seven and he doesn't give two shits because what he's really doing is he's trying to use what he had as the seven and look how great our soups are Mm -hmm. to get, of the soups in the military also notice that bob singer is running for president this season yeah and you keep seeing those signs in the background so my prediction is the seven will be no more through whatever um bob singer is going to be president and then edgar is going to use that to get soups in the military, you know, and that's that's going to be the issue for next season. That that does make some sense because Newman was yelling at Homelander at what he turned into a pseudo Trump rally about getting his shit together because you might be looking at the next president of the United States. Newman yep. has interest in Singer becoming president. Newman and Edgar were probably working together. They have a military route. They don't give a shit about the entertainment. They just need that to distract long enough for him to get elected. Now, the last little bit here is the Soldier Boy Black Noir aspect. That was the next biggest chunk of the episode. Soldier Boy, I was really disappointed with some of the revelations from Black Noir's psychotic, schizophrenic break with reality. Because while it was a clever way to do the exposition, it does poke a few question marks into whose story is 100% true. Because we see Soldier Boy is treated treats everyone like shit once again. He is the bully to his team. Everyone is a victim of the ruling class, just like Homelander beats up everybody else on their team. Everyone's terrified of him. And it gave us the why Black Noir ran and that he was betrayed by Homelander and he really wanted to be his own kind of person. And in a weird way, it makes him go from a nobody to a tragic figure all in one fell swoop. And while I liked that, it he does say... In his memory, we see everyone gang up on Soldier Boy. But the question mark comes from, in episode five, Soldier Boy says to Crimson Countess, every day I was expecting you to come save me. And if they all ganged up on him, that then, what then he wouldn't have expected anyone to save and him. And also, we were actually privy uh, to the entire abduction. We were there seeing everyone fuck up as they're shooting and fighting, not knowing what they're fucking doing. Next thing we know, soldier boy is knocked out and being taken away in a helicopter. So we didn't see any of that. So we have, we have Mallory's story of events. We have pay, uh, black Noir's story of events. And the other thing that makes me question a little bit is soldier boy acts like a true soldier. They think he's suffering from PTSD from what he went through, which is very much a possibility from 
the reality or Mindstorm trying to fuck with him. But either way, he acts like a soldier. But according to the legend, he's just another soup celebrity who showed up at D-Day two weeks later. When he talked to Huey in the forest, he's like, I fought the Nazis. I was really expecting to get into a history and say, no, you are a coward and a liar. And then Soldier Boy might have said, that's not true. I actually did fight. Right. You're going to trust this producer fuckhead? See, I, right. we don't really that's know who to- That's expecting, too. We don't really know who to trust which narrative because he does kill in cold blood. It's, he does It's act, ambiguous purposely. And is he really that bad of a guy? And that would make me sad just because it's just another fucking asshole in power. But- We've but seen I don't know. Multiple times, people who are narcissistic like that, their point of view, they gloss over correct things like him beating the fuck out of Noir. Like, correct, th- he very well might have. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I think it's it, it, like Mike said, it's ambiguous for a reason. Noir you, also has brain damage. Very exactly. clearly, if you look at everything they've done, it's designed for us not to really know who's telling right. the truth and, and who what is it? actually going yeah. on. Soldier Boy has said, I'm a good guy. He, there's no reason for him to lie to Huey. He doesn't want to kill the others other than the people who betrayed him. And there's at also least on the something surface. going on with him, perhaps even worse than PTSD, unless it was Mindstorm fucking with him because he was also hearing things that no one else heard. Yeah, he was right. high as a kite, he too. Was, you don't hear you, things when you're you smoking weed. You don't write that into the script to happen repeatedly like, as well, yeah. unless it serves yes. a major point. Yeah. And I almost thought that it was, he was like, picking up on Huey's thoughts. Like he was starting to hear Huey's thoughts. And that's a possibility. But then that also adds to the, the bigger mystery. Like what What's is actually happening on? with him? And also, could he really trust Mindstorm who can fuck with your mind? Yeah. You know, is he really going to take Mindstorm's story and believe it 100% that Homelander is in fact his son? Uh, that was one thing I that I... I called that. I didn't see that coming. I but, didn't but I'm not... The, the moment... The moment Homelander told Maeve that he was going to harvest her eggs, I went, fucking hell. Soldier Boy <laughs> is his kid. Or Homelander is Soldier Boy's whatever. Yeah, I didn't see that coming, but it doesn't necessarily surprise that. me either. The question mark that comes from that, though, is what what does that play out as in the final episode? Does Soldier Boy join with Homelander and then now you have double the problems? That seems kind of ridiculous. Double the hotness. Or does Butcher then take all the compound V to fight twice the problems they had? Does Soldier Boy still want to fight Homelander because he's is truly a dick or is truly a good guy? Does Homelander not really give a shit that he's his dad because fuck you, I've got daddy issues, fuck you, dad, kind of attitude. I don't think there's How gonna does be that any of that. I think this is out. exactly what this is why it's fucking sad. And personally, I know, I want to hear why you didn't like it, Ryan. Because I thought it was one of the best things of the season because it flips something on you. It's very Shakespearean. The fact that you it's have, very Oedipus. Yeah. I mean, Look, I don't, I don't, hate, I don't hate the concept. I don't hate the concept that he is his, his dad. The what question I, is, is Stormfront his mom? I, oh. <laughs> what, what I hate about <laughs> the whole thing is that if they play this out and say, okay, he is his dad. Now you have the problem of like, there's not too many fathers that are going to shit on their son other than Butcher's dad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's a percentage, but it's not like... And the way yeah. that that the time period that uh, Soldier, Soldier Boy was from. alive, 
you know, they adored their sons. Well, like you said, he would have stepped down. Exactly. And so, so for me, what it creates this problem of like, now you have two of the most powerful superheroes in the history. If they possibly join forces, we're fucked. There's literally nothing we can do. So that can't be what happens. It can't be what happens. And, and I think that it's kind of predictable the outcome. I think they're going to go off together. They're going to just ride Father off into and the sunset, sunset holding catch. hands. Yeah. They're going to go to the field of dreams. And I, play catch. Field of dream. I know, I know we made a, you know, I made a joke of it, but there is a possibility that they go the Oedipus aspect where yeah. you fuck your mother and kill oh. your father because if Stormfront and, and soldier boy had a history and they needed a male donor and probably a female donor. I don't think they just got it off a random oh, man. person. Does that mean that no, fucking that was Stormfront jerked her son's jerked her it's son off? That'd be pretty I, fucked up. Here's the thing. What, what more fucked up thing could happen to make him completely snap? That his mother is an octopus. Oh, God. <laughs> his, that the deep fucked his mom. And oh. that brings the deep story that much more, more relevant. Finally, at last. You, look, dude, I, I'm all for gross and weird and fucked up, but... If Stormfront is his mom and oh, like fucked. that is just so that's, weird. That's bro. a little soap opery for so me. So much, bro. I'm just saying that's Oedipus. That's classic tragedy. But there's too much of that happening. There might be. Yeah. But at the same time, we've seen the octopus how many times and there's too that, much of that. That is true. Like, I'm not gonna shit on that idea <laughs> because I'm about that. I love issues about, pertaining to, you know, familial issues, things oh, with a family. Okay. I personally felt like that was a strong moment in the show because it, it raises the stakes in a way. things. Well, because think about it this season, we have been saying, okay, well they looked for a weapon. They realized the weapon was soldier boy. So he's the weapon. It was very basic. Yeah. Suddenly there's a curve complicated. It's a lot more complicated and it now raises the stakes because you have butcher and Huey pretty much on death's door. Death's door. Starlight and M.M. and Frenchie and Kamiko are left to hopefully save them. Or that hold the se- bag. That seems to be what they're gearing up to do. And then you have Homelander and Soldier Boy having a bit of a family reunion. And who knows how that's going to play out. I personally feel like Homelander will be happy about it at first. But you know him, the moment someone disappoints him in any yeah. way, yeah, he lashes out. I don't know. Well, and then you you also have the added benefit that Homelander was afraid of Soldier Boy for yeah. a while. So then you have that twist of I'm now afraid of my father. Yeah. Which ties into Butcher. Come here, boy. I'm gonna give you a yeah. spanking. See, thank you, A, because that does bring everything together. You're seeing these connections. It's through family. Yeah. And that does make this season a little bit more cohesive because that has been some of my problems with this season that I yeah. haven't really had a chance to get into. It is the fact that not a lot of it feels like it's connected. We have people doing things over here, people doing things over there. But now through these new introductions of these ideas, now suddenly we see things working well, a little bit better. The a little family more aspect works a little bit better, yeah. even with Kamika wanting to protect her family and therefore go right. back into the darkness with her powers. Mm-hmm. So th- that could be something. Yep. Now we're let's get into final thoughts here and, and give our grades because We've been going for a while, but Ryan, start us off. What did you keep it brief? We got to wrap it. What did you think of this episode overall? Um, I'm going to give this episode a, I'm going to give it a 90. It's still a good episode. I did enjoy it. Um, I think, I think for me, I didn't, I didn't have the problems with the noir stuff uh, just because I know his brain is fucked up. (laughs) And I also know that, you know, the guy's a ninja and doesn't talk. So I felt like a little bit of exposition for the character was okay. Um, 
as far as I look, like I said, I didn't, I didn't hate the concept that he's his dad. I just, it, it creates this problem and a problem that there is no fucking way out of like, so that's, that kind of concerned me, but otherwise the episode was great. Um, I did enjoy it. I, I'm excited to see where we're going. Cause that cliffhanger at the end was, I mean, it was pretty cool. good. It was cool. Yeah. All right. AB, what about you? What do you give this episode? So this is actually my favorite episode of the season so far. Oh. Um, I, I'm going to give it a 93. Okay. Um, I've already given my my giant prediction for where we're going, right. but um, this show I think is a testament to Kripke and how smart of a writer he is and a showrunner. That if he really does pick up all these things that we've talked about this about this episode and ties them all together into. Um, a cohesive family whole. issues and, you know, tying it into, um, you know, becoming the monster to fight the monster kind of a thing. It's just, it's fucking epic. Yeah. And I, I really can't wait. Cause I think the lot, this next episode is our last episode, right? Yeah, it is. It's finale. Yeah. And I, I am so stinking excited. <laughs> you know, I said that, uh, I said the last three episodes was going to be balls to the wall. And I, I really think, in my opinion, that it it's really starting to do that. You're starting to see the those threads getting tied together and possibly strung out into next season. And I love it. All right. Mike, what about you? Final thoughts? It's a 92% for me. Okay. I thought it was a strong episode. I don't really have any problems with it. I feel like the only issue, the only reason why it's not higher than last episode, because I gave a 98%. To the last episode, yeah. the only reason why it's not higher is because they're they're regurgitating some of their perversions. Yeah. The, the octopus thing, we need to move past that. It's not even funny anymore. No, it's just sad. Uh, the Kamiko stuff was a little eye-rolly. She didn't want her power because it was forced on her, but now it, the choice is hers. I literally lost your power last week. <laughs> it, well, there is no difference. Right. Okay. That, that was a little... Silly, but that goes it was, it was back a little to fast what, and there wasn't any like real change. It feels there we go. That because if maybe again, if this was a larger season order, maybe we could have had a little or bit more time. She lost him at the end of season two, and now it's almost the end of season three, and she wants him yeah. back. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she uh, got her ass beat one time, and she was like, "Fuck this shit!" Yeah, ow, this <laughs> fucking hurts. <laughs> I don't want this. Um, for me, this episode's a 90. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done, but I do agree, Mike. They're kind of regurgitating some things with the the deep aspect. I feel too many characters are sitting on the sidelines. And while I really enjoyed the filling in the gaps of Butcher and uh, Black Noir, I felt like we're kind of walking around in the forest a fair amount for, for us to kind of get to where we already knew was going to happen. Maeve, the deep a train are just sitting around even Frenchie and MM to the most point are literally sitting around. It, it wasn't, it was well done, but it wasn't quite the ratchet up for the finale that I was hoping it would be until that last moment that really changes things. So quality episode, but for me, it's a 90 compared to the last two, I'd say. So with that, we've got one episode left of season three, the finale. So do not miss our discussion about that, which is, Bound to be something graphic and horrifying and, and hopefully earth shattering 
for the world of the boys as we move into season four. And we'll find out if this truly is a bridge season before we launch into a whole new bag of threats. So thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Hey, Kraut. You should fuck off, Huey.